0: The values of honesty, integrity, and hard work will show forth.
1: You don't have to be brilliant to be wise.
2: Everything I've said today sounds like it was easy. It wasn't. You know, it was always hard work. Welcome to Episode 5 of Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench. This podcast explores everything from a life lived fully and still being fully lived. Love, friendship, careers, so much wisdom told by older adults. I'm your host for this bi-weekly podcast. My name is Aaron Davis, and this is my joy sharing these stories, these people whose stories will resonate with you. And today, we're talking about a hot topic in our society, ageism. I share these hosting duties with Lloyd Hetherington, a husband, widower, father and grandfather, a retired teacher and a missionary. And like so many fellow seniors at Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care homes in Ontario, Lloyd has a lot of wisdom to share. So today, Lloyd and I are going to welcome our latest guest, Barry Hickling. He's a resident at Schlegel Village's Aspen Lake and a delegate member of the Ontario Association of Residents Council, or OARC. Lloyd and I are so looking forward to this chat. Barry, welcome. It's so good to have you today on the green bench. I'm so grateful. We all are, right, Lloyd?
0: You bet we are. Glad to have you here, Barry.
1: Aaron and Lloyd, I thank you very much for the opportunity.
2: Oh, thank you. And you know what? 2020 has just taught us so much. And uh, our guest today is going to, I think, open our eyes a little bit more about one of the things that has come to the fore, and that is ageism. I mean, All the late-night talk show hosts, newscasters, reputable sources have focused so much on the ages of the, let's say, presidential candidates, and it's been a great source of humor, but it's really irksome, and I think that our guest today is really going to have something to say about that, and of course, my co-host Lloyd as well. We're talking about ageism. And Barry, you've been involved in OARC, and ageism has been a big thing with OARC, I'm sure, and certainly for you. What is your take on what we've seen in terms of the political narrative in 2020?
1: Thank you very much, Erin. I would tend to say that ageism has been a separating factor throughout politics for decades, eons maybe. Um, ageism is a separation key. It dictates that you're a certain age. You have to behave a certain way, that your culture is different than mine, and that your values might be different as well. But ageism has separated us from each other for so long. It's got to end. Ageism is not a good factor to be involved in. The separation is too severe and unnecessary.
2: Before we get into the steps on how to do that, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, I know that Lloyd has certainly got his own experiences with ageism as well. Haven't you, Lloyd?
0: Indeed, I have. I had a marvelous career. Loved it right up until the bitter end when the the calendar said I was 65. And all of a sudden, I was no longer a valuable employee. I no longer was of worth to the organization. And yet I cannot comprehend that one day I was making my contribution, the next day I was a pensioner off, sent off to find my way somewhere else. I protested it, didn't do me any good, but fortunately the organization has changed its stance and they can now work beyond the age of 65. But I, I must say that was the only bitter experience I had with the organization I was with.
2: What, a, what an awful note on which to end such a fulfilling and, and wonderful and enriching career where you were given, it seems, as much as you gave, Lloyd.
0: Uh, it, it was a disappointment. Uh, I would have loved to have continued. For, fortunately, I found a job so I was able to work from 65 to 75 and find found a great deal of fulfillment in that. But ju- just the way it came to a conclusion that 65, you have to retire.
2: Mm. Barry, when did you decide that through OARC and just through your own personal drive, you would become a voice for people who perhaps didn't feel as comfortable at a microphone as you do? What, what made you decide to be that voice?
1: I think a, a key interest of mine has been the care of seniors. That, um, and Lloyd was right at age 65, it's like you're cut off. From the culture that you'd grown up in and been involved in for so many decades is severed mm-hmm. it's a shame that it happens i wish there was an absolute cure i think the only way that we can address the issue of ageism is to counter it with i want to say youngism. however that would be incorrect as well but there needs to be a moderation, there needs to be a leveling point where ageism is not the central factor anymore. It needs to be eliminated. And that begins with where we are, what we are and who we are in in the working world.
2: What sort of steps, Barry, can be taken? Concrete steps, do you think?
1: Yeah, initially I would say training, educating people that ageism is incorrect that it's not a benefit to anyone's uh, long-term care. It's of no no interest to say you're 65, but I got to say goodbye at the same time. That hurts severely. That has to stop. And I suggest the only way to really do that is through education. Informing people of what the alternative is, informing people of how to behave more cordially that doesn't have to be the the severe step that it has been for lloyd and so many others
0: barry you're on the right track there you've got to create an environment where you value people and their contribution and you don't pigeonhole them and say you're contributing well at a certain age you're contributing well and then put some parameters around it accept them for who they are and the contributions they're making and just be thankful that you have that person contributing to to your overall scheme of things.
1: I have a very basic philosophy that I try to follow. I call it the vowel principle. The vowels are a e i o and u. If you take the a and the e and put them at the end so it becomes i o u a and e. Okay. I owe you a for acceptance to accept you for who you are, what you are, and where you are in life. Mm -hmm. And secondly, E, I owe you E for encouragement, to encourage you to be the very best that you can be at any age for any person.
2: I love the sentiment behind that. And I know that, Lloyd, you are a man of words and letters and scrabble, and, you know, that acronym certainly hits home. But when did we become the society where instead of embracing the elders, as so many cultures do and have for millennia, we, you know, sort of pushed you out on the ice floe and said, off you go, no longer needed, thanks for your service, here's your cake, and bye bye When did that happen?
0: I would say, Aaron, it started back uh, probably in the early 1900s, where 65 was probably the age where most people anticipated that... Uh, Their life was over and they only had four or five more years to live. And a 65-year-old person at that time was ancient and you couldn't expect much of a contribution. And we've held on to that stereotype ever ever since. And it's absolutely wrong. Instead of being observers of human nature, observers of what is happening, we had this nice tidy package and we just stuck to it years after we should have. And the, the government has supported in many ways with all their regulations about mandatory retirements and pensions at 65. And there's so many ways in which uh, the culture in which we live has just reinforced this concept of ageism.
2: Ah, and that is a very good point that you make too, Lloyd, because it occurred to me how much has high-tech caused a chasm? between the generations. Like, we know that there are more baby boomers than history the world has ever seen. And yet, if you're not proficient in this, this, and this, you're not going to be up for those jobs that a 25, 35, even 45-year-old person with otherwise the same skills and far less experience is going to be up for. So, The education of which you speak, I think that that could go a great distance in helping the older members of the workforce to keep up, to catch up, to even move ahead of those who are going for the same job. Would you both agree?
0: Yes. I I certainly agree with that, Aaron, where the the young person with the basic skills has almost an obligation to walk alongside us with the gray hairs and... uh, sit patiently with us and uh, try to explain some of the technical skills that we need. I'm, I'm grateful in my life that I've got, my daughter in IT, some other friends, uh, even some of the youngsters who are willing to sit down with me and explain the intricacies of the keyboard and, and try to keep me on the right track in as far as IT is concerned. So really it's a two-way street. Mhm. I show the value and the respect for them and I value I value what they show, show me as well.
1: I think that's important too that we have been learners. We've been students of our parents' behaviors, attitudes, and values. And we've adopted them as our own, sometimes with the fuller education behind that, sometimes with, uh, with no further mentoring, teaching of any kind that hurts society because education is fundamental to anything and everything that we do it's the value that we place on the education that i not only have but what i can have Mm -hmm. that places us i think a hope further ahead than so many young people we've seen hope work we've seen it fall and fail but hope is, is the greatest encouragement that we can give to one another. Mm-hmm. I hope that it goes well for you.
2: Yeah. I love those attitudes, Barry. Yeah. The encouragement and the hope, because honestly, I get angry when I think about ageism. And you're, you're softening that for me right now, because as someone who is over 50 and I, I get this wall up. When it comes to learning new things, like, why won't my TV remote just work? Like, I think actually it's <laughs> it's my husband who's doing this, so I keep him around and, and in, a, in gainful employment. But honestly, and I think that a lot of people who were not born with devices in their hands feel this frustration. My own father, who is 87, flew jetliners, flew passenger planes, flew military jets, and can't access his voicemail on his iPhone? And is it can't or won't? Do we put these walls up and say, oh, I don't know any of this stuff? Are we as young seniors and older seniors being open enough to the experience of learning and saying, this isn't brain surgery? You know, toddlers are running iPhones. How do we get past that, gentlemen?
0: I'm still looking for the answer to that, Aaron. (laughs) I've just just got a new black box for my cable. Uh Uh-huh. And I've not mastered the remote to it yet. And and I I don't have any youngsters around. My grandchildren are not not handy to teach me. Right. I'm willing to learn. I want to know. But uh, the intricacies of it are just beyond me sometimes. Right. So it, it is a challenge. But... I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to respond to the challenge in spite of the frustrations and uh, almost unnerving experience sometimes.
2: It is. It is. Because, I mean, we get to this age where we're supposed to have so darned much wisdom, and we do in so many areas. I mean, that's what this podcast is about. And yet, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, I don't know how to do this. And it just gets like, it's humiliating.
1: It is. It hurts.
2: It does. So what do we do, Barry? What are we going to do about it?
1: My response would be find a support and by that I don't mean just a simple statement find support it doesn't mean that it means going out to do some research and if that means contacting a high school department of technology or a college department of technology then search it out go for it ask the professor or teacher whatever it might be how can I best learn I don't want to take a course, and I don't want to pay for a course. I just want to know what is the best way for me to do this. If we don't search out the answers, we will never get the answers.
0: You're right on there, Barry, right on. Now, we've got to recognize that uh, there are resources there, and there are people who are just so willing to share those resources, but we've got to ask. We've got to be open, and sometimes we get so... Intimidated, we just uh, get all wrapped up in ourselves and don't don't dare to reach out to say help. I I need some assistance.
1: Going a step further, if you were to approach, let's say it's a high school teacher and they're in a certain department for technology information, asking that teacher or professor, who is your number one student? Who can I ask to tutor me in this in this area where I'm missing? It's asking. You're right.
2: There is such strength and vulnerability in putting your hand out and saying, I do need help. And also, goodness knows what gifts you would be giving to this student as well, because what is second nature to them ingrained as the language that they speak? Sometimes when we have to teach it to someone, we break it down and we learn it in a whole different way. And what gift you might be giving to that student as well. I think that's a really great idea.
1: And in that relationship, the student and the elder is the bonding that has to take place to break down ageism.
2: exactly.
1: I am not just a senior citizen. I'm an interested person in this field. I want to learn more. Can you help me?
2: Let's talk about the Elder Wisdom Pledge, if we can. It's at elderwisdom.ca. And uh, I took it before sitting down to talk with you here today. And I love the sentiment of it, wherein you pledge to restore to a place of reverence the elders of our society, honoring the wisdom our oldest citizens have gained through lifetimes of trials, tribulations, joys, and successes. And it goes on, I further vow to end ageism once and for all, counting this unjust form of prejudice, unacceptable. And then you sign it. How I love that sentiment and wish that we could all step up, make the pledge, but more importantly, live by it. And it's things in our society, gentlemen, that are just so benign, like things like, oh, I'm having a senior moment. Like, who hasn't heard or said that? And yet there is harm in that, isn't there?
0: Yeah, we're we're stereotyping the minute we say we have a senior moment. Because I suspect that even a young person occasionally forgets something, doesn't remember something, and uh, we don't say, well, you're too young, that's why you're forgetting. Mm -hmm. So what we say influences so much how we are and how we respond to situations.
1: The flip side of that is another philosophy that we are either actors or reactors. Reactors are dangerous. If you're an actor and you're going on a path that's set before you and you're following that, you should be safe and well in a productive part of society. Whereas, if we choose to say, "I'm not interested. I'm not going to bother," it hurts. Mm-hmm, yeah. It hurts. It hurts the philosophy that we we're trying to break down, ageism, and the only way that we can actually do that, and this is a chance to be a question before as well, is simply to take a pause, take a pause, and just relax unwind make life simple again and then make your approach
0: <laughs> you're right on there barry just be yourself don't say well is this appropriate for my age do it i took my balloon ride at 75 years of age and uh for me it was just a fantastic experience and a lot of people said at your age you're going for a hot air balloon ride but i never thought about it it just i was Ready at that time to do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I want to see you like George Herbert Walker Bush jumping out of a plane at 90 yeah. Lloyd. What do you say? <laughs>
0: well, I don't know if you are ready for that one yet.
2: <laughs> and you know, too, that whole thing about you look good for your age or, you know, people say things with the best intentions. But I love that when Gloria Steinem turned 70 or was it 80, that somebody said, wow, you look great for 70. And she said, this is what 70 looks like. And if somebody tells me that I look like somebody in their 80s, I'm going to say, yes, please. Make it Jane Fonda. You know? (laughs) Honestly. Uh Honestly. I love that there are people who are breaking barriers all the time. And who better to break a barrier than a berry, not to be too precious about it, but... uh, Thank you. Yeah, and continue to do that, won't you? with uh, OARC. What, what are you working on with the Ontario Association of Residents' Councils these days, Barry?
1: We have a couple of fronts going right now. Uh, one is the attack on ageism.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, we're working out some concrete steps in that process as well. We're looking at education, the care of our PSWs who provide the best care for us. We have a number of different fronts that we're addressing right now to help reduce this ageism issue.
2: Good. I so appreciate the vowels, A-E-I-O-U, reworked as I-O-U, A, acceptance, and E, encouragement. And it's been a joy talking to you here today, Barry, and, and learning a little bit more about the OARC structure of compassion, dignity, inclusion, and collaboration. I know that I feel a little less angsty about ageism than I did going in. How about you, Lloyd?
0: I'm right with you, Aaron. At at this stage, Barry has summed it up so beautifully. Caring and compassion are what it's all about. Don't put a label on it. Just be yourself. Reach out to others. Be accepting and accept others as they show care for you. Accept it for what it is and just get on with living. Learn to live each day to the fullest with all. All the hope for today and for tomorrow.
2: Beautiful.
1: I think just in closing response to that, we all have our hopes. We all have goals, Mm -hmm. but if my hope includes your goal with my goal, if we can find some camaraderie, then let's do that and work together. I'd rather be with you than against you.
0: Right on.
2: And thank you for being a voice of so many residents in long-term care homes and seniors in general. We appreciate it, Barry, and your time today. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Aaron and Lloyd.
2: I hope you'll join Lloyd and me again. Next time, we're going to be talking with Mr. Hank Floyd. He's a Second World War veteran, a businessman with an illustrious career in the rearview mirror. But he's got some tremendous insight and advice for today. And at 94, with us, makes a startling admission. So you don't miss it, please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. You'll be notified just as soon as they're up. And we invite you to please share your thoughts and opinions on social media using the hashtag elder wisdom to help others find us on this green bench please take a moment to rate and review the elder wisdom podcast it really does make a difference and if it's easier just go to www.elderwisdom.ca to find the link while you're there take the elder wisdom pledge and you can find out more about oarc just go to aunt arc and look into the work they're doing for residents of long-term care homes in Ontario. I'm Erin Davis. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Remember, as always, your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder
0: Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.